You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? My name is Mike. I am joined by... Andre. Yes! Oh, no. <laughs> Chaos. Yes, we didn't plan it. Oh, I no. shot my shot and I fucked it up. <laughs> well, I went by like the order of the names and my name's after Mike. So. Mm. Well, I'm first in my Zoom order, so. <laughs> well. Yeah, oh. Just, I don't know, man. I'm first Happy in my Zoom first order. Zoom kingdom. I'm not. I'm second. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, I knew it as soon, as soon as I said it to, I knew what was going to happen and I was just ready for the chaos. <laughs> Um, okay, well, <laughs> off to a great start. Hey, uh, what are we drinking today? I will start, um, I have an advent calendar for, um, it's nine breweries, seven or nine breweries, something around there. Um, every day is a different brewery and a different beer. Today is Goose Island IPA, which is a classic, uh, especially for the Chicago boy. I basically grew up drinking Goose IPA, so it was a much joyous occasion when I found out that was the a one coming. A pleasant surprise. A pleasant surprise. Much joyous mm. occasion. I don't know. Uh, Jill, we'll go to you first. Well, you should actually go to Andre because yeah, he has Jill the can. Oh. the same thing, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. So Andre. We are also drinking an advent calendar uh, beer, but this one is specifically for Platform Brewing. Um, it is a, or Platform Beer Company, rather. Mm-hmm. It's a brewery in Cleveland, Ohio. I was visiting family there. The Cleveland. Uh, over Thanksgiving. Yes, the Cleave, and they gave they gifted us a beer advent calendar. Uh, nice. And yeah, the the and let's see the beer for today, or rather, well, I guess this is yesterday's beer, right, Joe? Because we didn't have a chance to drink it. No, you're right. This was uh, uh, day four. It's not even a beer. It's a hard cider. It's a mango mimosa hard cider with notes of mango, citrus, and apple. And I'm it gonna smells give it a, very sweet. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a sip here. Huh? Likewise. It is pretty sweet. It's definitely. This almost tastes like a seltzer, like a like a hard seltzer, or more than a cider. But Ooh. what's weird is that the flavors to me like cancel everything out, and it just tastes like nothing. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's an easy drinker, that's for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. an easy drink. Nice, nice. Well, that sounds good. Um, so that's what we are drinking today. Uh, what we are watching. Uh, it's bad movie time. Yay! I love a bad movie. Oh, it's only when I don't have to watch it. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> this bad movie I found on many of the worst Christmas movies of all time list. Uh, it is the 1996 classic Santa with Muscles. Yes, Santa That's with Muscles. The title. I mean, you get what you pay for, right? You know exactly what you're walking into, especially when yep. you see the cast, because the main character is Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's yeah. a there's Don Stark in it, and then there's a very young Mila Kunis in it as well. That's what blows my mind. I don't follow wrestling that much. Was this peak Hulkamania for Hulk Hogan? I think it'd be Maybe after. So. Was this after? I right? think this would be after. Yeah. After. Okay, and, got it. So this is this is way okay. Yeah. When you said that you were watching this and you like mentioned who, you, I think you just said it was like Hulk Hogan and a young Mila Kunis. My brain did not connect all of that, and I did not realize it was set in the '90s. Even though a young Mila Kunis would be young in the '90s, right? Yeah. So, oh, love it. <laughs> yeah, and then um, it's also Don Starks in it as well. Um, he, he and Mila both were in that '70s show. After, um, this was kind of like I guess the launching point for that. Um, and there's also a, a very, very young and very minor role for, uh, Brenda Song as well. Oh. And I love Brenda Song. 
because uh, she was able to pull Macaulay Culkin out of his funk. So I am forever a Brenda Song fan. Aww, those yeah. kid child stars stick together, you know. Exactly. Um, so I guess let's jump into it. God. All right. I'm going to take a big drink before I jump into it completely, though. <laughs> take, take a hearty swig first. Yes. Mm, mm, um, do you mm. want to give us a synopsis before you actually go into your play-by-play or just let sure. it go? Oh, sure. I'll do that. An evil entrepreneur uh, begins to believe he's Santa Claus after a um, an accident renders him an amnesiac. That is the IMDb description that I remember, because uh, I did not just pull it up, actually, but I'm pretty confident that's that's what it is. <laughs> that's, that, it's like the weird inverse of the Santa Claus, where it's like he knows he became Santa, but in this case, this guy doesn't realize right. that he's thinking he's Santa. Yep, right. exactly, yeah. Um, so, we start this movie with uh, the young girl Elizabeth, who is not Mila Kunis. This is the young girl. <laughs> Um, she is writing a letter to Santa, basically saying, I want some joy this year. Can you save the orphanage I live in? And that is the start. they're orphans. Yes, that is the start of the movie. Uh, and then it goes to Hulk Hogan, who is infiltrating this house, it looks like. And he starts beating up these people that are definitely, like, there's a chef, there's a gardener. Uh, there's a butler, and you just see, like, him just go to town beating all these guys and everything like that. Well, they all work for him. He pays them to do this every now and then to see how long he can last while seven guys basically attack him. Okay. Batman, he is not. Yeah, right. His name is Blake Thorne. Uh, he runs a... Yeah, Blake Thorne is actually... I like that name. (laughs) I, I think it, I think it's a good name, and he that to me is like a YA man, man, like main male lead name right there. Yeah, well, you don't know what he's an entrepreneur of yet, and you learn. He, nope, he is a bodybuilding entrepreneur, mass building, and did I not guess that? Oh, like a like a, like a GNC or like... yeah, pretty much like healthy. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And, like, he, his face is on everything, and, like, the first thing we see is they bring, like, bulk powder to him, and he's just like, my face isn't big enough on this. But the whole time, basically, he's doing bro voice, which drives me insane. What do you mean bro voice? Can you, can you, can you give us a sample? So, like, they show them the bulk powder, and he's just, my face isn't big enough on that. Ah, bah, 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 bah. And oh, so it's just right. like it, it's over the top, like macho man acting. Well, we we gotta have we gotta have a character arc, right? I'm assuming he's gonna become Santa, right? Uh, there's something. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, you can probably guess where this movie is going down for most of it, and then there's things okay. that completely throw it on its head. Um, okay. So basically, they decide to hop out of there, and they're going to go paintballing. So they hop in, like, this big Humvee with a bunch of motorcycles, and they're just, like, shooting each other while they're driving, which is great. And there's no rules to this paintball game. They're just going wherever and, like, shooting people with paintballs. The only rule... Is that not how paintball works? Uh, no, it is not how paintball works. (laughs) 
They are wearing... So Hulk's team is wearing pink bandanas on their head, and the other team is wearing blue bandanas on their head. That's it. Um, They're obviously speeding. This cop sees them and just goes, Terrorists! And starts driving after them. <laughs> yeah, he calls them terrorists. <laughs> world so it I is that word was more commonly thrown around yeah but. right um so basically hulk decides to fire his paintball gun at the cops and like crashes one of the cars and he has rules for everything and he says like to the main guy or to the uh chef guy what would we uh what would we have without rules and the chef goes like fun and the butler goes chaos and that's his thing, is he has rules. So this is essentially Zombieland, where he has rules for survival. Okay. The reason that's important is because the one guy tries to get him to pull over, and he goes, Rule 20, never surrender. And so then he, like, basically rolls out of the Humvee, just leaving it to go along, and runs away. So, he goes to the mall, that's where he wants to go, to hide out. Um, it flashes to a different place, which is, like, this mansion that has these, like, blowing steam caskets and stuff, where it's obvious it's the bad guy. Uh, his name is Ebner Frost. Because Ebner it is, Frost. Because it is a Christmas movie, after all. Yep, yep, yep. And he has a man tied upside down that's getting tortured... Because he won't sell his shoe store. Oh my god. So he's trying to buy up the shoe store to like for property or He's trying to buy up the shoe store, we don't know why. Okay. Um so he <laughs> invites his doctors to basically torture the man. There's Doctor Blight, who's like the, the second in command. Doctor Blight? What is this? The four horsemen of the apocalypse? Oh, it gets worse, don't worry. Uh, there's Dr. Flint, who's a geologist. Dr. Dr. Vile, the chemist. Boo. And Mrs. Watt, the uh, the physics electrocutioner. Wow. Well, I appreciate that there's some gender representation there. I mean, sure, but, uh... Miss Watt. She gets five minutes of screen time. Mm. I'm not joking. Like, it's bad. Dr. Vile... Dr. Vile also, at first, they announced he's Canadian, but he looks like he's supposed to be an awful Asian stereotype. Like, he does buck teeth and he kind of squints a lot. Uh, but they say he's Canadian, so it's okay. okay. It's okay because he's Canadian? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's tough because I don't think they ever mentioned that he's Asian or anything like that, but it, it's immediately where my mind went because that's what he was doing. So, basically, they start torturing him, uh, and then it flashes back to the mall. So, Hulk is wearing these, like, fatigues, so it's very obvious that he is who he is, you know? Uh, meanwhile, we meet Lenny, an elf, who's played by Don Stark. Um, Lenny has a Brooklyn accent, and basically, he owes money to Ebner Frost. That's all we know at this point. Um, Hulk finds the Santa suit and decides, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this and hide out so nobody's going to know it's me. Um, 
so he's the police follow him. They run into him, and they're just like, "Oh, Santa, we're sorry, blah blah blah. We're looking for this guy. Have you seen him?" Obviously, the same person they're talking to, but it's not apparent until he turns around and his fatigues falls out of his Santa suit, and they're like, "Oh no, Santa fraud!" Yeah, Santa Fraud. Oh, that sounds like a horrible spinoff name. Wow. Yep. Yep, that's terrible. Um, he hides in a garbage chute to avoid them, and basically they just dump garbage on him for a scene just to make you laugh and everything. And finally he gets hit with something that knocks him down the chute, and he runs his head into the garbage can. Ouch. So, he doesn't know who he is. He's knocked out. Uh, Lenny finds him and is just like, oh, this is our drunk Santa. Okay, I'll get him up there. But then he, he notices he's knocked out, so he's like, oh, I'm going to look at his wallet and steal his money. He finds out it's Blake Thorne, and he's just like, oh, I'm going to use his ATM card. I'm going to get all the money I can. Wow, all right. Wow. And but, I thought Christmas was about the season of giving. Yeah. But it gets better because one of the things spotted in the wallet is a Blockbuster card, and it made me giddy. Oh. <laughs> Right? Wow. Um, at this point, I have hit my first ads because I was watching this on Tubi. So it was completely free except for you had to watch ads every time. And okay. it made it feel even longer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. This movie was a Svelte Hour 37. Um, but, alright, after the ads, basically he keeps hitting his head. He's hit his head like ten times already. And I guess so this is... Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Really yeah. selling the amnesia here. Exactly. They want to double down on it. Exactly. Um, one of the kids that sits on his lap during the scene where it's like obvious, okay, we got to have you be Santa and like all these unruly kids. One of the kids is Brenda Song. So that's her part on this whole thing. That's it. She's gone now. Oh, okay. Bye, Brenda. Yeah. Um, there's two guys that are like obviously 40 that are supposed to be teens. Oh, they're Evan Hansen. They are not. Yeah. Yes. Um, they decide that the, there's a fundraiser to support the mission or the, the orphanage. And they decide they're going to steal the money because the person watching it is asleep. So okay. everything starts going to hell because they drop the bull and like the money starts spilling everywhere. Obviously, Santa slash Blake Thorne notices so he has to intervene, and there's, like, this horrible karate scene between these two 40-year-old teenagers and oh a man named Santa Claus that's way too ripped for both of them. <laughs> but are those, are those, uh, I'm looking at the post right now. Are, they, are those the two guys he's beating up? Or, I believe so, or? yes. Okay, yeah. got it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, wow. So, the best part, though, so one of the guys grabs a candy cane from Santa's Wonderland, and, like, out of the background, somebody goes, Watch out! He's got a candy cane! <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> By far. I that dude was waiting all his life to shout that out. Oh, too. yeah. You can tell it's, like, an overexcited extra. It was literally the best part of this entire movie. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so, basically, he dispatches the 40-year-old teens. And then he realizes, he sees the mission, and he's like... I'm not supposed to be here. I need to be there instead and, like, help them out because okay. that's what Santa does. Is that really what Santa does? That's what I'm that's... thinking, too. Like, they made him an avenging spirit versus, like, 
Santa Claus. Well, I guess because they didn't want to have to like deal with the rigmarole of him trying to learn how to like get flying reindeer, so this at least grounds him into more probable situations. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, they bring up he he's like, I need to get to the mission. Where's my sleigh? And Lenny goes, um, it's in the shop. Hop on this instead. So they have a scooter that's like way too small, so that Lenny and Hulk Hogan can just be on the scooter for humor's sake. Is it like a Vespa or is it like a Razor scooter? It's like a Vespa, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, sorry. I Like a Vespa. Yeah, I should have specified. No but pedal action. Okay, Yeah, on. exactly. It's electric engine, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a golf cart, essentially. Okay. Um, so we flash back to the scene at the mansion. I haven't mentioned this yet, but Frost is like a germaphobe, so he doesn't deal with any of the torture himself. He stays in his house, like, locked up and, like... Make sure everyone's sanitized. It's sanitized? Santa- oh, God. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Uh, oh, my God. Um, basically, they get this shoe store owner to admit that he's selling. And now the only thing standing in their way is... Santa? Santa with muscles? The orphanage. <laughs> Oh, okay. And all the children. <laughs> yes, the orphanage. The parentless children. Yes. Um, so we go to the mission. Um, Dr. Blight and the doctors are all there. And Dr. Blight is like hitting on the main orphanage mom, whose name's Leslie. Oh, okay. It's cool. creepy and like supposed to be creepy. It's not supposed to be like anything yep, other yep. than that. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there's also Clayton, who's like the... Uh, attendant of the place, and like you'd recognize Clayton. Clayton's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, you, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. You'll oh recognize God, him. The only Clayton I'm thinking of is the one Aaron, from Tarzan. Aaron Morris. Oh, I have seen him in stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, got it. Yeah, I'm happy this didn't ruin his career. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff, including Please. a cab driver in Ant Man. Apparently, that's one of his most big roles, according to okay. IMDb. I don't get that. I've seen him he's in other been in a bunch of TV. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. his main stint, he was on Two Broke Girls for a while. Mm. Um, so, they basically are, like, messing with them and everything like that. By the way, they drive an ice cream truck. Of course they do. I, I don't know why. That's never explained. Because of Lindsay. I guess. Well, so, to threaten them, they tear down the statue outside the orphanage with their ice cream truck, like, pull it down. And Clayton is just like, I'm going to stop them. And so he, like, runs in front of the car, uh, the ice cream truck and starts, like, waving his hands at them. And it's not, like, uh, stopping motion. It's just waving his arms like he's a wacky, inflatable float, uh, arm man. Okay, all right. And so he just starts doing that. Well, of course, they're like, we're going to run him down. Luckily, Santa with muscles is able to grab the chain and pull the oh ice cream God. truck back and save Clayton's life. Wait, he pulls, like, the rock in uh, Hobbs and Shaw? He just, like, just... pulls back a moving vehicle? Yep. Oh yep. So, basically, they get into, like, an altercation, but no fight yet, and he just sends them on their way. And they're like, we're gonna be back in three days, because that's what we want to do. Three days. Oh, no. Yeah, right. Three days till Christmas? Uh, three shopping days left till Christmas. They put a sign in there. 
Which is why I thought they were like making a mall or something or like it, that's it completely throws me off with this whole thing because there's it goes crazy. Um, so he goes into the orphanage to like talk with them and everything like that. There's only three kids, and they throw they throw a line away like we were able to find homes for the rest of them. What? <laughs> these are the sloppy leftovers. Well, and then. And then little kid Taylor goes, yeah, we're just the leftovers, and throws a little fit and runs to his room. <laughs> wow. Wait, wait. So the orphanage is totally empty then. Totally empty except for Leslie Clayton and the three kids, who are Elizabeth, oh, Taylor, and Sarah. Sarah's played uh, by Mila Kunis. the stakes are way lower. I mean, I hate to say, you know. Yeah, when there are only three kids left. Three kids. Right. Like, what? Exactly. They can find somewhere to go. Well, they just care about that. So basically, oh, okay. they offer Santa. They're just like, we're gonna we're gonna provide you dinner. You can stay with us. That kind of stuff. Um, which is funny because the only pajamas they have is like a monk's robe that Hulk wears and a bunny suit that Lenny wears, <laughs> and that's their PJs. Okay. Uh, the next day, they are eating breakfast. There is a newspaper on the table that says Santa with muscles. Wow. Roll credits number press, one. Somebody, some journalist, yep. wrote that down yep. and it got published. <laughs> I mean, it gets it gets the point across, you know? It's, it's, hey. Yeah, but wouldn't they have gone for, like, a much more, like, muscles. try to snappy moniker, like the Zodiac Killer or something like that? <laughs> nope. Santa with muscles. That's it. Um, But meanwhile, they're also eating cereal. Blake O's that have Blake Thorne's face on the box. Ew. And literally, like, Lenny realizes it first and is just like, I can't let him know who he is. I'm trying to steal his money. So he just pours his cereal on his eggs and starts, like, mashing them in the eggs so that he can throw the cereal box out. What? Yep. Okay. Yep. Does the newspaper that says Santa with muscles, does it have a picture of said Santa? It does. So nobody... Like, those kids, like he's, he's like a well-known entrepreneur. These kids don't know who that is. Uh, it's under a beard. Like, so he's got the fake beard and everything. Oh, okay. Does he okay, think okay. the beard is real? Uh, no. Or he realizes He realizes it. Like, there's a scene where he realizes, like, he has a mustache underneath. He doesn't have the full beard and blah, blah, blah. It's, okay. it's a weird little scene. And he actually walks out in the morning without it on. And everybody's like, Elizabeth's going to freak because Santa doesn't have his beard on. And Elizabeth just oh, kind of passes young. it. They're, they're young enough that they actually genuinely think this is the real Santa. Exactly, yes. Oh. But oh, literally, dear. Elizabeth just, like, passes over it. Uh, he throws away a line of, basically, I only wear the beard for deliveries because Mrs. Claus thinks it tickles. Ooh. Yeah. Is that a sex joke? I guess, maybe. She thinks it tickles. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Lenny t- steals his glass after breakfast because the ATM machine has a thumb scanner. It, what? It also has a voice system, so he, like, puts in the card, and it's like, Welcome, Mr. Thorne. Please do thumb scanner. And then he, like, puts the glass on there, and they're like, This is your right thumb. We need your left thumb. <laughs> I love these forced hijinks. Yes, exactly. Um, also, Sarah has made adjustments to his Santa suit. She cut the arms off so the muscles can be out, and she made it a v-neck. And she also cut his pants to make them shorts because it's California. Uh, okay. 
Yeah. You know, sure. No reason. Yeah. Well, we gotta, gotta off those muscles somehow, right? We have to get to the point where, like, you know, he can't be he can't be in full rows the whole time, right? We gotta see we gotta see the muscles. Exactly. Exactly. And um, so Clayton also has a line where he's just like, "I'm proud of you, kid." To Hulk, and like Hulk's like, "What? What are you talking about?" And Clayton's just like, "I'm proud of you." And we obviously know Clayton knows who he is, but is not saying anything because movie. So uh-huh. love it. We don't know what's going to happen yet. Um, they make Taylor feel inferior, so he decides he's going to take on the bad guys. And so Lenny's Lenny and Hulk are like, we need to go get him. It's all of a sudden nighttime. I don't know how that happened, but we just have a time jump. Okay. Um, there's scientists all over this mansion area, and it is the funniest thing because you can tell they were given no dialogue. They walk past them, and it's just like, if you quantify this data, you get results. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dr. Blight has a nasal strip in some scenes, but loses it in others. Oh, I hate bad continuity like that. Right? That's not good. Uh, and basically they get to Lenny or, uh, they get to Taylor and he like forces Lenny to take him off and he's trying to learn what's happening. And so he's just sitting there and like, they're describing their whole plot and they're, they're going, we need the orphanage cause it's the last place. And then we can have the excavators get the, get it out. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's a safe or a vault under the orphanage or something. Yeah, like what? What are we? What are we going for here? Um, it just nothing happens. So Hulk's back at the orphanage. Um, they're talking about what could possibly be under the orphanage, and the kids are just like, "Oh, you mean the vault? Yeah, the vault. It's like our clubhouse." What? Okay. So, so the kids can actually just go in the vault then. Right. Yeah, they know. They know what's under there. It's under the catacombs. Yes, the catacombs. Yeah, it's a it's a church. What city is this? Uh, it's California. I don't know where. California is catacombs. I guess. So it's under a church. I I don't know. Yes, yeah, the church is the orphanage. So. The church is the orphanage, and it has catacombs. Creepy church catacombs, fine. So at this point in time, I'm going to hold the suspense because we need to take a break. Um, oh boy! I know, but I I How can't. Do this to us? I like, can't wait to tell to you. I can't wait to tell you what's in the orphanage or in the vault. Um, <laughs> we have a special shout out on this episode for our friends. I'm pulling up their accounts so I can tell you more about them. Uh, our friends, the All Night Drive In Picture Show. Uh, they're a podcast celebrating the good, the bad, the artistic, and the absurd of drive-in movies and culture. Hosted by Ryan and Charles. Uh, We have their promo here. You can hear it here. We will be right back to tell you about what's in the vault for Santa with Muscles. What if you owned your own drive-in? An open-air theater outside of time and space. You could show anything you want. You could pair together any movies you want, regardless of genre. 
regardless of when they were made. Regardless of quality. If you could own such a theater, if you could do whatever you wanted, you certainly wouldn't do it like this. It's like if we don't use it, you'll be like wasting my precious f***ing fluids, <laughs> my precious creative juices. Oh my god, I had to, I had to read two sentences <laughs> over and over. Who is this guy? I think he is Kubrick Fincher? <laughs> Who's this? F- guy are you ready for me to read this mr hitchcock (laughs) is the bird gonna on my shoulder in this scene too he's a plastic bird he doesn't even make on his own (laughs) the all-night drive-in picture show available now at a podcatcher near you all right we're back um so you guys want to know what's in the vault, right? Yeah, what's in the goddamn vault? I box. What's in the box? <laughs> um, so they open the vault, and there are these crystals everywhere. Crystals. Yes. Christmas crystals, yeah. Christmas crystals? Is this part of the Christmas tradition? Yeah. Uh, what do they do? Is it like crystal mess? No, it's just crystals. We don't we don't know anything about them except for that they just glow and they're they light weird. And basically okay. there was a scene earlier that I just skipped because I didn't really care about it, where Elizabeth is explaining if you sing just right, the windows are magic and they make different colors. Well they find out that the crystals are the reason why. When you say the 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 windows of the church. Yes. They glow. Yes. Okay. Sure, I guess. Some fairy hill creatures built this church. Right. Well, why not? Elizabeth says it's fairies, so you're not oh. you're not off on that. Um, but so Taylor is holding one and he drops it and it explodes, and the uh, and Leslie goes, "Billy, be careful!" And I had to rewind because I swore she said Billy, and I'm right. She said Billy. So they changed name, but they didn't change the edit. They didn't change the edit. So, Billy slash Taylor just almost died because this exploding crystal. Cool. <laughs> Casual child slaughter. Love it. Yes. Should have committed. So, Lenny is off in the catacombs because he, he like got scared by the explosion. His cell phone, which is like three feet tall, uh, goes off. And a little technology. And basically, Ebner Frost is like, you've got to do this, otherwise we're going to, like, kill you because the orphanage stands in our way. Hmm. Can we take a second to appreciate how this 1996 cell phone has fall service underground? Yes, right? It's true, though. It is true. the magic of Christmas. The magic of Christmas. Christmas miracle. (laughs) Misted signal. Well, I just want to know where he had this thing because he's wearing his elf costume, and I don't think that thing has pockets. And it gets they even more absurd. In, yeah, right. It gets even more absurd in a second because he basically decides he needs to let Santa know who he is. Well, that's good. He had a change of heart, or no, he's afraid of it for his own life, so he he's, needs to exactly <laughs> that part. So Lenny pulls Santa off to the side, and uh, basically. He admits that he's Blake Thorne. He also just happens to have 
his fatigues jacket. And I don't know where he got this. I don't know where he had it. But all of a sudden he just has it. And he gives it to him. And he's just like, you're Blake Thorne. And <laughs> what? Like any D&D player, he pulled it like from his bag of holding. Yeah. Does, right. does he just like give you like a, does it give you like a sudden, give him a sudden like flash like, oh, I'm Blake Thorne. Whoa! No. I have the power. He's dealing with it for a while. He actually stays behind and is, like, dealing with this newfound information. It actually, this was okay. Like, it's not immediate change of, oh, I'm Blake Thorne, that's right, I'm evil entrepreneur guy, why am I helping these fucking kids, blah, blah, blah. He's literally sitting there, like, conflicted. I'm Santa, but he's telling me I'm not. Like, that kind of stuff. In only the way that Hulk Hogan can, because, you know, he can't act worth shit. Aw, he's sitting on his thinking rock and having a deep think like Winnie the Pooh. Give the guy a break. Exactly. But then I realize why he's sitting there by himself. Because Dr. Blight is there to take on the other six kids, or the other six people, and, like, hold them off to the side. It's just Dr. Blight by himself. And so, like, Hulk comes out of the catacombs, realizes what's happening, and starts fighting Dr. Blight. This leads to an awkward fight scene with many lines of dialogue, including including my favorite. I have a Christmas wish, Santa. Get out of my life. Whoa, Whoa. Dr. Blight's got some Christmas trauma right there. Yeah, wow, got him. And then, so they keep fighting, they run off, they get to the bell tower, and he basically... bell tower? Yes. The bell tower of the church. church. Um, Is this where Carol of the Bells happens? No, it does not happen. There's really, besides the fact that it's Santa, there's, like, no mention of Christmas, pretty much. Mm, that's disappointing. It is. Um, and then there's a, a fake Santa in the bell tower that is being controlled by Frost that basically grabs Santa and throws him off the bell tower. Well. And Dr. Blight says, Santa, you slay me. Ooh. Oh, no. So he... Ooh. Falls off the bell tower, but he just happens to land in a garbage truck that happens to pass by. And he hits okay. his head on Blake Thorne protein powder. <laughs> Alright, All right, I guess that's Chekhov's powder going off right there. Well, so he wakes up and remembers who he is. He's angry. Yes, well, he, he's... In, so, he doesn't wake up right away. Basically, they found him at the dump, they got him home, his butler's there, and he wakes up... And he's just like, oh, what a horrible dream. I thought I was Santa, but I know I'm Blake Thorne. He throws off the blanket, and he's wearing his Santa suit. And he's like, oh, it was not a dream. But this is what I find interesting. He disappeared for days. Mm -hmm. And and he has, like, this butler, the chef, like, all of these people that don't know that he's gone. Like, they don't look for him. If, if, he's a, if he's a billionaire or a millionaire, whatever. If he's an entrepreneur, like, there's a manhunt for this guy. If he's yeah, he's got staff. He's don't rich. He's got a mansion. Their checks is gone? Yeah, right. exactly. And so, I, I just don't get that. Um, but basically, like, he's he's sad and everything like that. So he calls Leslie. But, of course, Frost has the line tapped and he makes it seem like she doesn't want him. She's like, you disappeared. You left us. We don't want you. Go away. Blah, blah, blah. So he's just, like, depressed. Aww. Eating his, like, gross health food stuff. 
Yeah, I guess he couldn't be wallowing with a tub of ice cream. Right. Well, that was always that's also one of the scenes where she, uh, Elizabeth brings him milk and cookies, and he's like, "This is fat free, right?" Not knowing that he's not Santa, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. So the doctors are going to take over the place. Um. Frost comes out and like this like. The, the um like CDC suit when there's like an outbreak or something like that, but basically he goes to the mine and he puts miners caps on all of the children. He's like, "You guys are going to get the crystals for me." <laughs> Super evil, um, evil bastard. So basically, Blake is like, "No, I'm going to go help them. I don't care that they don't want me." I'm going to go help them. So he puts on this black uniform and his Santa hat. And oh, he has shit. his, like, chef and his butler and his gardener all come and help him. Uh, of course, they pass the cops who are just like, the terrorists are back! Blah, 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 blah. Oh, God, these incompetent fools are still in this movie? Yes, they're still in it. Oh, it gets worse. So one of the cops somehow has a rocket launcher. What? <laughs> and oh, he fires God. it at his own... Evil? Right? Dude. He has a rocket launcher out of nowhere. What? <laughs> Maybe Santa gave it to him for Christmas. Maybe, yeah. Well, so he fires the rocket, and I, this is the worst CGI rocket ever. Like, Ooh. somebody just put fire on, like, the screen so it looks like it's firing. Okay. <laughs> and basically, the rocket goes past them and hits another cop car with, like, the incompetent leader of the cops and blows up his car. Who's approving this police's defense budget? Like, holy shit, man. <laughs> a rocket launcher. <laughs> and they can't even fire it right. Right. Right? Exactly. Oh my that god. And the weapons and not the training, man. That's that's rough. <laughs> so, so the Humvee like jumps the cops that are making like a blockade and then they go to the mission and the cops uh, I guess stop for coffee because they're gone for a while until the very end of the film. Um, they had to get ridden out for some reason. For some reason. So, his group goes into the church. They find the secret, like, the back entrance. And they kind of, like, um, they make, like, Home Alone traps kind of thing. Like, they they uh, do something to the doorknob so the one guy gets taken out and blah, blah, blah. And, like, these are all nameless goons at this point. So, they're just, right. like... Home Alone, Scooby-Doo, Montage, getting rid of these guys. Um, he gets to the main church, and Mrs. Watt is there. Ooh. Oh, no. And so they're having, like, this big showdown, and, like, obviously, he's getting shocked, and he's just like, I don't know what to do, blah, 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 ah, nah, nah. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Lenny hops from the top of the church pews, like, the top level, and he goes... I've made my choice. I'm going to help. He pours this bucket of water on Mrs. Watt, and she just basically dies. Like, this yeah, is a, she got she short circuited, right? Yeah, this basically. is a PG movie, and like they show her get electrocuted. Damn. Eek. Yeah. Um. Do we do we have a quippy one liner? We we don't really no. <laughs> No. Good one job movie. I know. Like we, we this was a movie of one-liners and we missed the one oppor- the best opportunity for this. Um I can't remember where this line comes in cuz it was so good though. 
Clayton's Clayton's okay. the best of this movie. That that's the plain and simple thing of it. Sure. Um, I think he just like pushes the door into a guy and knocks him out, and Clayton goes like, "Well, all you had to do was knock or something like that." <laughs> okay, Clayton. <laughs> Quit your day job. Clayton's uh, the best. So yeah, okay. it's Clayton and Blake. They're they're talking. Um, they have the kids, they have Leslie, basically he's told them to go hide somewhere, but Clayton's like, sit down, we're gonna talk. Oh no! Secrets are about to be revealed! Fun fact, Blake grew up at the orphanage. (gasps) Oh! He didn't, well, he wasn't born into wealth, he made his way like a real man! Exactly! Well, and so he has this picture, and he's just like showing him, and he's like, that's you. Do you know who that is? Daddy? That was your best friend, Ebner Frost. (gasps) Plot twist. (sighs) J'accuse. I'll be honest. The way this movie was going, it was pretty obvious that he grew up in the orphanage. I was actually thrown by the fact that his best friend was Ebner Frost. (laughs) Wow, the movie got you. It did. It did. Because I didn't think, like, I didn't think they would make it, oh, you're related to the enemy all along. Mm-hmm. But apparently that's what they wanted to do. So did did uh did uh, our good friend Blake Thorn here just blot black out his uh, childhood? So uh, apparently, do they not address this? Like why he couldn't remember? No, they don't. Like they they don't ever address this. It's just he doesn't remember that he was an orphan, and like Clayton knew him when he was younger because Clayton's been there forever. Right. So I don't understand how this was not known. Oh, so this is when Clayton, that, that's why Clayton was like, you, I'm, I'm proud of you, kid. I'm proud whatever. of you, kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, he and knew he who he was. not to say anything. Like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what it is. Exactly. Just, like, did his parent, like, I mean, so he clearly, well, I guess, no, it's not. So it's not clear to me if he got adopted and then left, or if he ran away and then made his way, or he aged out of the system. Nothing then, was like, ever said. Not, what? Nothing was ever said. Right. We deserve to know Blake Thornton's tragic backstory. Or yes. Abner Frost's, for that matter. Yeah! Wait, why is he angry? Yeah. Well, so he wants the crystals. That's what it is. We don't know why. We never learn why he wants these crystals. Because they glow when you sing. Yeah, apparently. So, um, they start taking out the nameless goons and everything, and they have duct tape. I don't know where the duct tape comes from, either. They all of a sudden just have duct tape. Because um, you never leave home without duct tape. Duh. I guess. Well, Leslie and the kids are in the kitchen, and Dr. Blight, of course, shows up, and he's being extra creepy to Leslie. But the kids are, like, behind him, so she, he doesn't know they're there. So she, like, plays into it and is, like, trying to get them out of there, so she starts, like, flirting back with him in this cringeworthy scene. The kids open the freezer, and Taylor sticks his foot out, and basically, she pushes him over his foot into the freezer, and they lock him in there, and they're so happy, like, yeah, we did it, Dr. Blight's a fuck, he can go away. He can die a cold, slow death. Yes, although he doesn't die, we do see him at the end. Um, meanwhile, like, they all meet up at the mine, or the cave, or the vault, or whatever they're calling it, vault, with the crystals, and Frost is in there, and he's like, alright, I guess I have to do this myself. So he pulls out a crystal from the thing. And mind you, when 
Billy slash Taylor uh, held the crystals and dropped it. It exploded. Yeah. He yeah. pulled out a long crystal, and now it's strong enough for a sword fight. What? So him and Hulk have a sword fight. Mm. Wait, what's, what, what's Hulk using as a, as a crystal? Sword? A crystal. He found another one. So they both got no, they're long just, they're crystals. Crystal. They're both having a crystal sword fight. Yeah. Okay. And, like, it, it dropped and it exploded. These are now hitting each other, and they're not exploding. What the fuck, movie? Learn your mm. physics. Mm. Make your rules and stay into the universe with stay them. Stay in your lane, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just want a good crystal sword fight, you know? Like, yes. They need to just spice it up. Well, so he, he beats him up. Lenny has duct taped the um, the geologist, but Doctor Flint. Doctor Flint, yes, Doctor Flint. Um, so they're all in there, and the energy from the crystals start to build up, and they're going to explode. And they're like, oh, "We now need to get going out." To explode, yeah. Exactly. So they're like, "We need to get out of here." So Santa with muscles like grabs Frost and lifts him out. Um, the geologist is like the first one out of there and he's duct taped together. I don't know how he was so freaking strong enough to do that, but he just hops out of there and beats everybody. They all get out of the church except for, um, a couple people are still left in there. I'm sure. But terrible CGI just starts blowing up the mission or it gets sucked into a vortex. I'm not sure which, but it just starts to happen. And the, the church goes down. Well, now the kids don't have a home at all. Well, exactly. And, uh... How do I think I know where this is gonna go? I also have a note about something about Christmas movie in California just doesn't feel right, because there's, like, no snow. Like, it's not a Christmas movie per se. I don't know. Um, so... Die Hard takes place in California. That's true. Yeah. That is true. And that is my favorite Christmas movie, so... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. All right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so, basically, they're, like, all talking, and they're all sad, and they're just, what are we going to do now? Our church is gone. Mer, mer, mer. And, of course, Hulk goes, I think I have a solution. Oh, I bet he does. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure it's Ebner Frost's house. So I th- think he just makes, like, an orphanage out of Frost House. Wow. What? <laughs> so, like, the three kids are say. there, and they're having, like, a party. There's, like, a clown and everything like that, and he's still dressed like Santa and blah, blah, blah. But then there's also, like, all these kids out of nowhere. Like, where do these kids come from? If they were... Right. Well, there was only supposed to be three of them, and now suddenly we have an orphan problem? I don't understand. There's like 30 of them. You let in a couple kids, and suddenly you have to let in the whole neighborhood. Oh, okay, got it. But there's like 30 kids out of nowhere, though. They're they're all the other sloppy leftovers that the system forgot. Yep, exactly. And the the movie ends, so he throws his Santa hat onto a bush, and for (laughs) some reason the bush, like they zoom into the Santa hat, and then the credits start to roll. Like a Jack Frost fake out, like the plant, like the bush is gonna come come alive and have the voice of uh, Michael Keaton. No, they definitely do not. Like nothing happens. It goes to black after a while. So I, I mm. watched the whole credits. There was nothing, no after credit scene. Interesting. But I can tell you one last thing. So after I finished that movie, the uh, Tubi recommended Son of the Mask for my next Ooh. watch. So you can see what level this movie was. 
Wow. Wow, Rough. indeed. Son of the Mask. Yeah. That is a bad movie. Yeah. I think that's a movie that made me hate Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, that's fair, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's a... Uh... You know, can't knock you for that. Right. Especially, well, after Scream and Scream 2, I love Jamie Kennedy, but now I, if I were to go back to Son of the Mask, I'd probably hate him again. Mm-hmm. He's also not very good in uh, Stephen King's um, Dreamcatcher. Fair. Yeah, maybe I just hate Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> also fair. Also very fair. Yeah. So that's Santa with muscles. That's Santa with muscles. There was like Whoa. awkward laughing the whole time, and like Mila Kunis's voice was way too powerful at that point, where she just awkwardly laughed, and it was like taking over. You know, lots of <sighs> lots of scenes of no dialogue, just. Exactly. Well, that was basically the end where they were just kind of laughing like that. Yeah, but you're gonna have to put it on a scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I know. know. I know. What to what? I got. I got one more thing to say about it because there's a there's a cute scene where Elizabeth's just like, "You're not Santa," and he's just like, "I don't know what to say." Uh, and she goes, "You're better." Oh, you're better than Santa. God, you're better than sick. Santa. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Cheesy goodness. For that's what makes it a Christmas movie. If there's no cheese, it's not a Christmas movie. True. Yeah, so on a scale of zero to five, and I have given zeros before, I will give it a point five. I do not have okay. I do not have the Mitchell scale where you make a movie, but I will still put it to the Mitchell zero. Yeah, this sounded pretty bad. It didn't sound like this wasn't Yoga Hosers. I hate to invoke the cursed film. No, but, you know, no it was not it Yoga not, Hosers. It, it was not meaning to be a good movie. It was right, meant to be right. a cheese fest, like you can laugh at yeah. with your kids, you know? Like and, that. and that's the thing, exactly, you just said it. That's yeah. the thing is that sometimes, like, there, there are kid movies that are, like, bad, but they're bad because they're not meant for kids. Or it's because right. they know the adults are in the room. And yeah. then there are kids movies, like, they're, well, they figure that their kids will just jingle some keys in front of them, and that's all they need. Right. And it's like, okay. Congrats, you made a movie, but exactly. you made it for the lowest denominator. Right. Exactly. It did not go out thinking like, and especially with Yoga Hosers. Yoga Hosers was just a slap to the face. I know I always say that, but it just was. You went out and made a mean movie because you're mean. This was trying its best to capitalize on Hulk mania, to capitalize on, you know, just cute Christmas generic kids movie. Um yeah. It's the same thing with like Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way has a terrible Rotten Tomato score, but it's a movie we loved as kids. You know, it could Jingle All the Way could be a bad movie on our show by the scale, but yeah. we all know that it's better than the scale. You know, I don't know. Agreed. Yeah, this one was not great, and it's very hokey acting and very rough. Um, at least it had some good lines. I did like the one-liners. That's always fun. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, if it doesn't have good... It, it, as long as if the one-liners are don't decent, then yes. you can at least, it, it means you can laugh at it rather right. than actively hate it. I also don't know if I brought up... So the scientists' main weapon was they had straight edges, and they just kept, like, slapping the straight edges. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Like, they had, like, uh. the, the um, you know, like, the thing in the straight edge, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? 
Yeah. Okay. So they 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 fully built in that they were the scientists. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it was um that was something else. That was uh. But we never get reason like why he wants it or how he put together his crew. Nope. Or anything like where did he meet these people? College. Nope. Well, yeah, we have no clue. Mm. Yeah. So mm. and lazy. Literally, the crystals, we have no clue why he wants them. We just knew he wanted them, and he bought up everything around so he could dig up the whole thing. Um, yeah. And, oh, no, there was actually... You know what? There was a throwaway line. He did it for money. He did it for money. He did money. it for money. Okay. Yeah. So deep. That's as good of a motivation as any, I suppose. I, I guess it's better than you no know. motivation. I think it, it was during the sword fight, so I didn't make a note of it because the sword fight was just so ridiculous. Right. And the crystals, like, just pulling... They pulled out these long crystals just so they could have a sword fight. And I... I oh, my so God. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so that was Santa with the muscles. Yep. So, that was our bad movie episode. I, I got nothing more to say on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, hey, we made it. You made it You made it to the other side. Yeah. yeah. Watch your Christmas bad movie. I don't know if this is the worst Christmas bad movie I've seen. I'm wondering what what's the worst Christmas bad movie you've seen? Just to like have a discussion before we close up. Oh gosh. The, um, mm. the uh, Christmas tree, I think is what it's called. There's okay. this really badly animated movie also about an orphanage uh, that is miserable and there's a Christmas tree and it's just not good. Uh, it's I, bad. I need to look this up. I feel like I might be stepping on some toes here, but I remember there's like some sort of animated special there's Grandma Gone Run Over by a Reindeer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Grandma Gone Run Over. Yeah. That is a thing. You yeah. play on Cartoon Network all right. the time. It was on Cartoon Network. There was a I fucking lawsuit. Was it? What? There was a lawsuit in that. Because like, he probably really? didn't get permission to use uh, the song. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I meant like in the actual episode itself, there was like a yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, they sue Santa. Yeah, they sue Santa. They sue Santa. Damages. So what, happens, what happens is Grandma gets run over by a reindeer mm-hmm. and her conniving relatives are like oh we see an opportunity for this so we're gonna sue santa to get money grandma has amnesia so she kind of goes along with it and then the grandson figures it all out that she didn't get run over by santa she flipped and then santa found her and moved her right and then it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, hated, I fucking hated this movie, uh, but I don't know if it's like actually oh. bad. I just remember hating it. So I got one. The cana- that's actually, I've, so they can remember Belle's magical cor- uh, beauty oh, and the Beast yeah, is like magical bad. Christmas. That's oh, bad. That's bad. Yeah, yep, yep. So yep, I have a, yep. I have something about Grandma got run over by a reindeer because it's a weird little segue, and I feel like the people will love this. Um, um, the evil conniving uh, daughter, granddaughter. I don't know what the, me uncle. Uncle Ant? Ant, yeah. Know. Yeah, that was like my sexual awakening to redheads. Oh, <laughs> she is a redhead. Yeah, like wow. she looked good for a cartoon. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is right. from Power, Powerpuff Girls? Uh, no, was it like... wasn't Blossom, no. No. Or is it Miss Bellum, not Blossom? Oh, Miss Bellum. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, Miss Bellum. Yes, that too. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, redheads are the best. Oh. <laughs> so evil. Yeah, so she's evil, and like it, it, it's not her personality; it's the way she looked. Right, right. But yeah, right. I, I'm pretty confident that was my sexual awakening to redheads. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for sharing that, Mike. I yeah, told no, I you. Like... I think people would want to know that. Yeah, no, we know a little bit more about you. 
today. It's great. Yeah, exactly. I think my sexual awakening to redheads was Kid Flash on season four of Teen Titans. There you go. I do like a redheaded male. Uh, was yeah. he in tit- Titan Titans East or something? Or? No, he he it's, it's actually like a Teen Titan List episode because it's about oh, okay. the Hive Five, yeah, but it's, it's the Hive Six. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah. Jinx okay. focused episode. Right, right. And okay. he shows up and he's voiced by um, Michael Rosenbaum, who also played Adult Flash oh, and Lex Luthor on Smallville. Yep. So it was just like, oh yeah, fangirl, love it. Okay. Are hot. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Andre, do you have a sexual awakening to a redhead story you want to share? Uh, I mean, like, that's the thing. I was trying to think, and I was like, I don't, I don't, like, I'm coming up empty, guys. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any juicy, juicy goss. I don't know. <laughs> Not into the redheads as much. Blue haired people. No. Oh, Fall for Belma? Uh, I oh, I mean, Belma. Belma. <laughs> No, um, I would say that. Well, not to get super weird, but what was it? It was the uh, the fucking. Um, not to get <laughs> super <laughs> weird. <laughs> but Chippendale, like they just announced to bring back Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and the first thing, well, I thought was, are they bringing back Gadget? Yes. Gadget. Oh my god, Gadget! <laughs> that was my crush as a kid. Lola Bunny. There was Gadget. Well, Lola Bunny was just so over the top. Lola Bunny was on purpose. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That was on purpose. Oh my god, Gadget was accidentally hot as fuck. Right, that's uh, right. That, that seems exactly. Was it the jumpsuit? Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, a capable STEM, uh, you know, STEM female lead, right? You know, <laughs> she was the engineer, right? Yeah. So, yeah. She was the, yeah, she, Gadget. She was the Gadget mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually never watched Rescue Rangers because I didn't uh, have Disney Channel until it was off the air. Yeah. I'm so excited for the movie coming out, but. Yeah. So it's a movie. It's not. A, it's, it's not a full show. I. It's a movie. I think. Yeah. Okay. It's supposed okay, to be gotcha. like a TV movie. Hmm. So. Maybe it'll be used to, you know, back for a pilot, basically. Yeah. yeah probably. Maybe. Probably. Well, that'll do it for this bad movie episode. I'm so <laughs> glad we went on that tangent. That bombshell. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, you're welcome. Um. So I've been your host, Mike. I've been joined by. <laughs> Andre. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye.